Hey, this is Pastor David. Thanks for plugging in today. I believe that this word from God will encourage you, challenge you, and help direct you toward your destiny. A new commandment I give unto you, Jesus said, that you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and understanding, and that you love your neighbor as yourself. Let's get right into the word. There's no one like our God, no one at all. Gave his son for us, Jesus the Lord. Who can love us like he does? Welcome back, listeners. Welcome back. I'm at the podcasting studio with my beautiful bride, Miss Tanya. Hey, everyone. Of course, she's our faithful, as always, faithful, brave, courageous, illustrious pastor. Appreciate you so much for taking the time to <laughs> talk with you. us. L- delivered this amazing message called Twisted Christian. And on Tuesday, I asked you to explain what it is to be a, a, a twisted Christian. And you explained it as accepting the lesser that is Mm -hmm. not living in what god has for us right right not living in that fullness and in the the promises drawing from luke 13 where jesus heals the woman of an 18 year old infirmity awful you taught that miracles affect not only those who receive them Mm -hmm. but also those who witness them right and the religious leaders had something different in mind and, and tried to sway the crowds into their own deception. It's awful. It didn't happen by their rules or on their schedule. So, yeah, they, they tried to tell Jesus off. That's right. You taught, I'm going to quote you here. You said, hearing the teaching but not living the teaching is a form of self-righteousness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in what ways are we guilty of this kind of self-righteousness. One way that we are guilty is not humbling ourselves and admitting that we act worldly sometimes. Um, we celebrate, you know, people that we don't like when something bad happens to them. Oh, that's what they get. They got theirs. That's self-righteousness. Uh, even if what they did to you was really bad, vengeance is the Lord's. And you're opening up a door that you don't want to open you don't want to open like we tell our kids god's hand is big you don't want to get a spank from him (laughs) (laughs) he's got the whole world in his hands exactly you don't want no kind of god spank um i think uh other small ways that we are kind of being self-righteous is when we see somebody who needs help and our face is in our phone and we're scrolling we see them out of the corner of our eyes but we can't be bothered to go help them or um when our agenda stops us from being what God calls us to be, from being the Christian that he calls us to be, when we don't, we don't help that person. Like I was at, at Walmart today, because I'm always at Walmart, and I saw this <laughs> little woman, and she was just a tiny little thing, and she's trying to put this heavy box in her, um, in her car. And I looked at her, and my first thought was, she got it. And then I was like, no, I should go help her. And wouldn't you know it, some other woman went and helped her. And I can't even say she stole my blessing because I had access, but I didn't do it. So not humbling yourself, avoiding opportunities to be used of God, even right. in small ways. Right. And just making ourselves unavailable to him okay. by our own, um, because of our own agenda or our own schedule. We put ourselves as more important. Mm-hmm. What other ways are we guilty of self-righteousness? I think another way we can be guilty of self-righteousness is actually the obvious, just like seeing ourselves better, self-righteousness, seeing ourselves better than so-and-so. You know, you always look good if you can find someone worse than you. And so I think just 
just thinking we're better. Oh, well, do you know what they do? Do you know what they did? And then talking about it. That's just yucky to think of ourselves as better. We, we've all been, even if it's not the exact same scenario, we've all had that same heart. It's Jesus that restored it. And so we've got to just try to look with compassion on people like, oh, man, I remember being there. Thank you, Jesus, for delivering me. But don't think yourself better. Because you taught that hearing the teaching and not living the teaching Mm -hmm. is a form of self-righteousness. Yeah. So what are some other ways that we're hearing teaching but not living it? When we miss opportunity to glorify God, when we don't give him the praise and the glory, or when we... um, are like embarrassed in front of our, our, our maybe our unsaved friends to say, oh yeah, the, the Lord did it. Or, you know, we don't know where they stand. So we don't bring up God. When God is such a big part of our life, we try to edit ourselves down because we're not sure where they're standing. And so we kind of, um, we hold their opinion as more important than the Lord's opinion. So we want to hear the teaching and we want to live the teaching. Mm-hmm. James said that we should be doers of the word, right. not not hearers of the word. He was talking about this very same self-righteousness that you're talking about right, right now. So what can we do in, in our daily lives to avoid that? Look for opportunity. Look for opportunity to be Jesus' hands and feet. What would Jesus do in this situation? It's so funny because it's such a Christian cliche, you know, what would Jesus do? But honestly, what would he do? What would he do if he saw somebody uh, with a limp? Would he, would he go and, and restore them? He probably would. Uh, what would he do if he saw somebody who needed money? Would he give them money? Would he, would he buy them water? What would he do? So I think just as long as we can keep looking for opportunity to do what Jesus would do, would Jesus return the cart? Of course he would. Return the cart and grab another few. Sometimes I hear other believers saying things like, oh, I missed this opportunity. I, I saw this and I, mm-hmm. and I missed it. And I always try to congratulate them because just the fact that they saw it. Right. Because the opportunities abound. Right. If you're not seeing opportunities, look, if your Christianity is boring, you're doing it wrong. Amen. If you're not seeing <laughs> the opportunity, it's because you aren't looking for it. Exactly. And then when we start looking for it, then we actually, then we have a new opportunity. The new opportunity is to miss the opportunity that we, that we <laughs> it's saw. everywhere. But at least you're seeing it. And that's yeah. a huge, in my opinion, that's a huge step forward. So listener, be encouraged. If you're seeing opportunities and you feel like you're missing opportunities, please be encouraged. Because I would, I would venture to say that, that not, not long ago, you weren't even seeing the opportunities. Right. Like the the word tells us there's therefore now no condemnation for those who are alive in Christ Jesus. We shouldn't carry shame for a missed opportunity. We should thank God for open eyes and ask him for another chance. So here's the trick. We see the opportunity Mm -hmm. and then we recognize that it it is on us. If we noticed it, like we have this, we have this saying, you're a mess, your problem, right? (laughs) If you walk into the kitchen and there's dishes in the sink, you can't blame it on the last person who was there. Like you found the mess, you, you clean the mess. And we all try to live by that, that rule. Mm -hmm. Some, you know, we have a lot of grace for one another and make, (laughs) make, you know, make a lot of errors, but essentially we we do our best. We do our best to live by this, you know, your mess, your problem. 
you found it, you clean it, that, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And it makes me laugh because sometimes when we go out, Pastor Tanya will get mad at me because she's, she says, oh, you just, you're acting like you own the place, you know, because I'll just kind of, <laughs> you know, if I, if I need something, I'll just, you know, I'll go get it. You know, if we're at a restaurant and they don't have condiments on our table, I won't ask somebody for them. I'll just go to the next table that doesn't have anybody and swipe theirs, <laughs> put, it, put it on our table. And I think that comes from the practice of taking ownership of the things that you see. Right. So I'm not waiting for somebody else. We see that that woman at, at Walmart who needs who needs a hand. Then we go, gosh, I wish somebody would do something about that. You know, I see countless videos now of of uh, people posting these videos of injustices, mm-hmm. people being yelled at at baseball games for not wearing a mask, or you know, and they're just videotaping it. Uh, you know, these these young girls being assaulted by large security men who are like, you know, put your mask on and they're saying, I don't have to. And instead of doing something about it, they're just filming it. First of all, it infuriates me. Right. But second of all is this, look, I noticed it. Don't pull out your camera. Don't point it out. Exactly. You noticed it. Get after it. What's the motive there? Is the motive, oh, I'm going to show this and I'm going to get everybody on Facebook enraged or, you know, I'm going to get everybody on YouTube on this poor girl's side. Or is it, this girl needs help, I better go help her. Yeah, you know what, just do something about it and just tell us about it later. Exactly, exactly. Or you know what, just do something. (laughs) Don't worry about who knows. Yeah, maybe just do something about it and don't tell us about it later. Yeah, get off your booty and do something. (laughs) So Jesus wanted to restore this woman. Mm -hmm. And by restore her, I mean, he he wanted to restore her health. Mm -hmm. He wanted to restore her to the Lord. Yeah. And you said, the best way that we can keep the Sabbath holy is to restore the Lord's people to him, whole and complete. Yeah. What can I do today to partner with God in restoring myself and and even others? Is it possible? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, no one knows you better than you know yourself, right? No one knows your shortcomings better than you do. And I think to just get really honest before the Lord and to humble ourselves and to be like, Lord, I'm falling short here. God help me. And I give you the glory. You know, and he will. And uh, with others, I think here's the thing. We can't trap ourselves in our little safe Christian bubble. And we as Christians tend to do that. Like, oh, that's bad. That's that's terrible. Stay away from those kind of people. And it's no different than, you know, the woman with the issue of blood who had to walk around with her little bell and yell unclean, unclean. We're putting those people in that woman's situation. We, we need to go to people who need Jesus and bring Jesus to them. Yeah, I'm so thankful you didn't answer that question by giving us the, well, you need to go to a deliverance ministry and you need to have some person lay their hands on you and, and pray six hours o- over you. And then you need to go tarry on the mountaintop and wait for the Lord. You need to study three hours a day or, you know, you need to um, fast for six days every other week. It just these things that we, we have led people to believe that that it's it's in it's in this doing but what i'm hearing from you is it's got a lot less to do with doing as it does in receiving i'm not against ministries i am not against ministries at all but when a ministry is not revolved around jesus and is revolved around me i do have a problem when it's i'm going to do this and, and i'm going to go to the mountain and fast and pray for 6 days so that i have the power the power is not in you the power is in the Lord. Amen. So don't pull yourself away from the people. You go to them. And if you need to go on your own time to fast and pray, do that. But don't think that because you did that, 
you broke that loose. No, that's the Lord's job, and he's good at it. It's his power. Exactly. His power breaks it loose. Exactly. And we can partner with his power. And I think if we knew that, man, that takes off so much pressure because we can't think it's us. As soon as we start thinking it's about us, we try to bring worship to ourselves, and that is a dangerous boat to climb in. Well, we're always looking for the formula. Yeah. Right. We're always looking at, like, where's the lever? Can I just pull this lever down? Can I just push this button? Can I just turn this knob but even and activate the kingdom? Listen to that. Can I? Can I? Exactly. Can I? It's not about me. I'm just a vessel. And we have to fully rely on God. Exactly. To fully rely on Jesus and be fully responsible for our part. Yes. So it, it seems like, you know, in this process of mind renewal, that's tricky. It's relationship is what it is. And relationship, it can be tricky. And it takes communication, and it takes practice. And time. And time. It takes time. And trust. All, all the things that you can find in a really good human-to-human relationship, mm-hmm. it takes all those things. Exactly. Right? It's a good picture of what's happening in the invisible. Right. And if you neglect those things, it's safe to say that your relationship would suffer. You know, I mean, we, we as husband and wife have these things, and we don't think about ourselves as the bride of Christ. And if, like you said, if we don't, if we don't have these things in our relationship, that relationship will suffer. We are the bride. We need to be a good bride to him. You pointed out how Jesus was, quote unquote, not going to take it. (laughs) And you were referring to how he rebuked the religious leaders. I love it. Who went to the crowd Mm -hmm. and tried to, to... Uh, rebuke Jesus essentially mm-hmm. for uh, what he did for that woman. <laughs> In fact, the Bible says the Lord answered him. Yep. Not it, the Bible doesn't say he replied. Mm-hmm. The Bible doesn't say then Jesus said. It yeah. says but the Lord answered him. Ah, ultimate authority. Yeah. So you said Jesus isn't going to take that unrighteousness and, and and reprimand, and neither is she. Yep. So he's on the offense. Yeah. And part of his offense is defending this this yeah. person as he, well. He planted that seed. He's going to guard that seed. So well said. And I love when you can take that you can take one word out of a story and it just changes the context because so many other places in the Bible it says and Jesus replied exactly. and then Jesus said, but Holy Spirit had this written down in a way that we knew he's rising up in his authority yep. As Lord. Exactly. It says, and the Lord said. And the Lord said. Can you imagine how powerful that sounded when he spoke? That probably came across pretty strong. Yeah. How does taking, and by taking I mean receiving, mm-hmm. how does taking unrighteous judgment, undue criticism, and unmerited accusations affect my spirit? We cover and we hide when that stuff comes at us because uh, a couple of things like we're afraid of the judgment of the crowd. We're nervous about what people will think. But with our spirit, it's not able, our spirit is not able to rise in the power that the Lord gave it, the power and the authority that the Lord gave it. When we, when we accept that, when we say, oh, yep, that's right. You know, I don't want to start, I don't want to uh, shuffle the waters. I don't, I don't want to, you know, rock the boat. I don't want to start, start anything. So I'll just cover and hide. But Jesus, he, um, I love it because it says, and the Lord said, that's authority. But he told him right out. He said, hypocrite. That's what he said to them. He was not afraid to call it what it was. And I I love that because that is um, authority and strength. And like, I am not standing for this. That is some power. And I think when we 
accept or live under that unrighteousness, the power of our spirit gets snuffed out. The woman gets healed, mm-hmm. and the religious leaders didn't like it. They didn't like the healing because they were probably jealous that they, they couldn't provide that. Right. They didn't like that Jesus was working on the Sabbath because it brought attention to, took attention off of them and brought mm-hmm. attention to Jesus. And she was suffering some unrighteous judgment. They were, the religious leaders were trying to sway the people into making her feel bad mm-hmm. or feel like she was undeserving. What should we do to shield ourselves from this type of criticism? Un- unmerited, unrighteous, unfair. How do we keep that from not landing on our hearts? Because people say mean things. Right. And right. it's hard. It enters our ears. Mm-hmm. And then we immediately have to do process. something. Yeah, we have to do something with that mm-hmm. that information. How do we how do we shield our hearts? How do we keep that from entering into the the depths of our hearts? I think is to know it's going to happen, to expect it because when you expect something um, you kind of know how to how to maneuver around it. it. It's like if you're in a in a jujitsu thing, you kind of set something up so you expect them to do one thing where you can counter. So expect that to come at you so you can counter and how do we counter? We keep the word alive in us. We keep the promises of Christ in us. And when people start criticizing us for the promise of, of Christ and living in that, know that their rejection um, doesn't define who we are. That that's them rejecting the word of Christ in you, but it has no power until you reject the word of Christ in you. Mm-hmm. I love how you said that Jesus guards the seed. And, and what you were saying was these religious leaders went to speak to the crowd to discredit what Jesus did and make him look like a bad person right. and and make it make her feel f- filled with shame for mm-hmm. partaking in this lawless rule breaker. And Jesus comes at them. It says, and then the Lord answered them. So he comes at them with authority (laughs) Mm -hmm. to not only stand up for himself, call out their hypocrisy, Mm -hmm. but also guard the seed that was sown in the woman. Yeah. How do we guard the seeds? The same way Jesus did. Well, I guess the same way both of them did. This woman stood behind Jesus and let him guard her. So that's one thing, you know, stand behind Jesus, let him guard you, but also just like Jesus did speak up and call it out and call it what it is. He didn't try to soften the blow like, oh, maybe you're, you know, you, you might be just a little jealous or maybe you're wrong. He exposed the root of the heart. He said hypocrite. Like that's a pretty strong accusation and a pretty strong word. But he didn't cower from saying it. He, he called it out and he called it out in front of everybody. He's like hypocrite. You do this. And so he, he, he shined he shined a light on it. The lies hide in the darkness. So when you can shine a light on the lie, the darkness has to go. He shined a light on the lie of them saying, hey, you know, you, you shouldn't do this today. You know, that's not holy. He shined a light on that and he called them out for it. He's like hypocrite and he exposed their hearts and he exposed them. And we as Christians, we get so nervous about about not just what people think, but about like, oh, we got to keep peace. You know, the Lord says to keep the peace. And, and you do a great job explaining the difference between a peacekeeper and a peacemaker. And we have to be peacemakers in this place. And sometimes that means riling up the crowd. I think it's a really profound story how many individuals in this, in this one sublime passage of the Bible are twisted in different yeah. ways. Yeah. And all the lessons that we can draw 
all those different ways that the enemy can can get us twisted. Mm -hmm. The message was called Twisted Christians, and you can find it in our YouTube archives. Of course, I'll have the link in the description of of this podcast below, and thanks for taking the time. Uh, Thank you. Thanks again for listening. Without your faithful support, we wouldn't be able to do the work that God has called us to. If you know someone who would be blessed by what you just heard, please pass this along. At Strong Towers, we believe that you are a unique expression of God's love and creativity, and we consider it an honor to be a part of your journey. There's no one